0: connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at grillnationshow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation, always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today on 980 AM and appreciate also listening today on iTunes via podcast and if you Tuned into the show online at grillnationshow.com. We appreciate you uh, joining us there as well. I want to uh, appreciate you guys all joining us for show number 171 of the Grill Nation show. Excited to have a fun show and uh, uh, I want to get to our show here in a second and introduce one of our uh, key partners and sponsors of the Grill Nation show. First off, I want to introduce our title sponsors of the show. They are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies in Ring. Contributors of the show are... The Rieger and Jay Rieger & Co., Ryan Mabey, uh, KCADC, the Kansas City Area Development Council, and uh, last but not least is our uh, guest host and honor contributor to the Grill Nation show today, uh, Brian Sarr from True Wealth & Company. Their website is retirewithtrue.com. Brian is the president and chief investment officer of True Wealth & Company. Very fun show today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand it over to my, uh, guest host to introduce our guest today. I've been, uh, looking forward to this show. And, uh, one of the reasons why is because I love Italian food and, uh, uh, it's always nice to have, uh, talk about. Uh, that's for sure. It's always good to, to eat as well. So I want to hand it over to Brian Sarf who uh, will introduce our guest today. Welcome to the show, Brian.
1: Hey, thanks, Jason. Uh, I'm hungry already. We haven't <laughs> even started talking about it yet, you know? So, uh, haven't heard that uh, JJ uh, declared September National Cannoli Month. Uh, you know, I thought it's only fitting that we visit with one of Kansas City's finest chefs, uh, being the first uh, show we're going to have in September. We have a chef Jasper J. Marable of Jasper's today. JJ is a homegrown sensation in Kansas City. He runs his family's uh, 64-year-old restaurant, consistently rated one of the best in Kansas City. JJ is a culinary instructor a founding member of Slow Food Kansas City and a national board member of the American Institute of Wine and Food. He hosts many famous chefs on his weekly radio show, Live from Jasper's Kitchen on KCMO 710 AM. And he sells a line of dressings and sauces and just has a fabulous restaurant over at 103rd and and State Line. His third book on the cannoli trail should be on bookshelves soon. And I want to welcome J.J. Ah, uh, Good afternoon, and happy National Cannoli Month. Yeah, I mean, let's talk cannolis today, right? Come on, of Who course. I love cannolis? Yeah,
2: come on. I feel bad. I mean, I didn't bring cannolis. I'm like, when I have guests on my show, they always bring me food. I am yeah. so embarrassed right now, you guys. Hey, I'll give you my
0: address. No, you, we're going right to make up for it, I promise. So we, worry. Worry. we got a whole month of September to make up for that. Yeah, uh, 30 cannolis in 30 yes, days. Come I read
1: on. that you, had, uh, you were on a trip in Italy, and you, you tasted 50 cannolis.
2: That's, I don't know, they really made that. Many. That's a little embarrassing, but, uh, my nephew and I were on a trip to Italy and the minute we got off the airplane, we go in the airport and grab an espresso and, um, I grabbed a cannoli with it. It was only like 7 a.m. in the morning. So that's, that's okay. You can, mm-hmm. it's after six o'clock. You can eat cannolis. And, um, then we get, we're on the, uh, on the highway and I pull over and we get a, a little coffee and I grab another one. In the afternoon, I had one. And then that night at dinner time, I had one as after dinner, we had one. My nephew's Uncle Jay, so how many cannolis are you going to have? I said, buddy, we're on the cannoli trail. And then right then, ding, 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 it hit me. There we are. So let's just make this whole trip looking for the world's greatest cannoli.
1: You're in Italy. I mean, why why yeah, not try cannolis? Yeah, come on, exactly. Everybody runs the world for sauce. Right?
2: There you
0: go, exactly. Well, let's go for cannoli. Exactly. Where did you find that cannoli? I wanted to ask well, that follow-up. it's the theme of the Where next. Where is the th- world's best cannoli? It's the theme
2: of the next cookbook, and I'm going to give it away. And it's actually at the end of the other cookbook. I kind of... Tees you in, in, in the, the Jasper's cookbook. Um, we went through Sicily uh, 12 days. You say 50 cannolis. There are more than 50 cannolis. <laughs> and the last day we leave uh, to go back to the hotel in Palermo. My cousin lives in Jubilina, Sicily, takes us back to the hotel. We get back to the hotel. The front desk man tells me uh, he's got a box for me. I take the box upstairs, my nephew and I, and usually when we go back home, they always have a little gift for our, the grandkids and the nephews and nieces. And I don't know if you know about it, Sicilians, what you do, they, they wrap stuff up like with four pounds of twine. And my nephew once opened the box. I said, Jay, just leave it for later on. We're up in the room. And he, I, said, I said, we'll get it tomorrow when we get home. No, let's open it. We open it up, and in the box is a little leather, and in Italian it reads, You went all through Sicily looking for the world's greatest cannoli, but you failed to ask your cousin for one. And then it were two cannolis. (laughs) And, I mean, you you talk about a chill and tears, and the world's greatest cannoli was in my own backyard the whole time. Look at that. And not in Kansas City, but in Sicily with my cousin.
0: Love it. It was was the
2: world's greatest cannoli. I was
1: reading about uh, your grandfather, Leonardo, that started Uh, the uh, first – restaurant in Kansas City he was in New York and then moved here to Kansas City so how did he get from New York to KC and then and, and and how do you pick here to start what's been such an incredible family tradition
2: well people don't realize that my grandpa came from Sicily and came to Kansas City well they came through Louisiana and then up to Kansas City couldn't find work and left and went to New York and then came back and my grandpa never gets credit we always talk about Jasper my father but my grandpa was behind my father doing everything all the time. And it wasn't like he had the money because they were very, very poor. And when I say poor, they didn't, they didn't have a doorknob to the house. They used to use a screwdriver <laughs> to get into the house. I mean, that's wow. pretty rough. And people, yeah. people now see the grand restaurant and the, mo, the mobile five stars and all the awards and everything and the silverware. And wow, these people, you know, what, what a wealth they must, you know, have. Hmm. But it all started back with Papa. And Nana back in 1954, but you could take it even farther back when they had the ship bar, which now has been redone. You know, you heard about the ship down in the uh, in the uh, West Bottoms? No. Oh, my God. Well, the ship was downtown for many, many years. My grandpa owned it from 1950 and my father from 1950 to 54. And they also owned the bar called the Lucky Tavern. They sold the Lucky Tavern and the ship and they came to 75th and Warnnell. And everybody told my dad and Papa that it was the biggest mistake they ever made, that you'll never – the streetcar stops at 75th Street. There was a dirt road. It's the county line. And who's going to go out to 75th and warn so far south. And Don Lee – exactly. Which <laughs> today is hilarious. Well, yeah, but, come yeah. on. I mean, now it's 167th, and that's not – you know, they're, they're going farther. But um, Don Lee and my father both had a chance to buy either the Savoy or Jasper. Uh, JL McHugh, uh, was the uh, realtor and my dad talked with mom and, uh, they decided, no, let's go out South. And, uh, and Mr. McHugh sold uh, uh, the Savoy to Donnelly, who had it up until a couple of years ago, which has now been redone and all. And, um, the restaurant, my father opened up 12 tables, a bar and grill. And, um, mom used to make eggs and put them on the counter in the jar. Just like you see at bars, you know, like the, when you're really, really drinking a lot and the you have yeah, yeah. pickled eggs. And um, that was the money she made. They made around $40 a week back then, Dad said. This is all in the cookbook, also the story. And uh, little by little, my dad just taught himself because my dad was a big football player. Uh, went to a dealers out here in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about military school. That's the way my dad ran the restaurant mm-hmm. the same way.
1: What, uh, what life lessons and values did you learn from your father and grandfather?
2: Oh, let me tell you something. Discipline. And you know what? Conservation and I'm talking about how to how to save, how to uh how to watch everything that goes on. I mean, everything. You, you we have our eye on everything. We think we do. <laughs> that's
0: a great that's great. Jasper's website is jasperskc.com. dot com. We're gonna be right back after the break. More fun, more stories, more advice. We're gonna be talking about Italian food. Uh it's gonna be a great show today on Grill Nation. Guest host and contributor to the show, Brian Sarf is with me from Uh, True Wealth and Company. You're listening to Grill Nation. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show. I appreciate you sticking with us today on 980 AM KMBZ and as well at uh, grillnationshow.com and on iTunes via podcast. I'm with Brian Sarr from True Wealth & Company, the President and Chief Investment Officer uh, at that great company here in Kansas City. He's guest hosting and contributing today. His uh, website is retirewithtrue.com. And and Brian, great conversation so far with Jasper. Jasper's restaurant in Kansas City is jasperskc.com, won a lot of awards I think you want to take this segment once you to start off with the story and kind of, uh, you know, the ups and downs of starting a restaurant. Yeah. I
1: mean, you know, your, your grandfather Leonardo and your dad Jasper, who the, the restaurant's named after. Um, I just want to learn what were some of the initial struggles that you saw or you heard them talk about and how did that shape, uh, you as, as you run your restaurant today?
2: Well, I look back now and I see what my grandparents went through and what my mom and dad went through. And those are lessons that I carry on today. And I try to teach my nephew and, uh, and even my, my key employees and people who've been with us for a long time. Because I think if they know the story and the struggles they had back in the day, when you're only getting 69 cents for a, uh, a dish of pasta. And of course, when you're, uh, you're selling a whole pizza pie, that's what they used to call them back then for uh, 89 cents and trying to survive on the little bit of profit that you do make uh, in the restaurant business, because people don't realize everybody sees, wow, you have this grand restaurant and I can just imagine <laughs> the money that this restaurant must take in. They don't realize the insurance, the rent, you know, your glass breakage, you know, and just everything just accumulates. And at the end, you're probably better off getting a job somewhere right. than, uh, than owning a restaurant. But my father stuck with it. And my, and I'll, I'll tell you what, he was, One tough guy, and we always have a saying around the restaurant. We still talk about it every day at the restaurant. It's called Moto Mio, and it means my way in Italian. And it was just my father's way of running the business. He was self-taught. I went to University of Nevada, Las Vegas, restaurant and hotel school. London went to Denver University. We're lucky. We're fortunate. We have all the – we're book smart. My dad was street smart with the restaurant business and how to make relationships back in the 1950s, which were a lot easier now It's a little bit more difficult, but, you know, we had the bread company and the the pasta company you work with and making deals back then, which now is, you know, it's part of the business, but everything was on a handshake back then, and you trusted everybody. When did you know you wanted to be a chef? Oh, I know myself. I was six years old. I used to hang around Nana's house and sitting on the counter, watching her get six or seven ingredients and put this beautiful dish together that we would all sit around the table and enjoy. It's in my blood.
1: I can only imagine Sitting around your house. Oh my God. And gosh. just trying all the food and all the, the, the experimentation and that. I mean, it's, that's just got to be a, a hoot to, to, for the holidays at your house.
2: Oh, it was funny because we used to have in the basement of the, of the new house, we called it on 112th street. My dad had a working kitchen in the basement, a wheel, which we call the wheels, the expediter wheel, uh, in the basement. And also I'm telling you a table that sat maybe 24, 24 and we'd always put about 30 chairs around it. And the platters of food and the late night talking. And my dad taking notes. You know, we try a new dish. I'll never forget. That's how Chicken Federico came. It's featured in the cookbook. I had a little bit of this. No, take this out. And everybody's comments. Mm-hmm. And even the other night, it's funny. Sunday night we had dinner. And the same priest is with our family, Father Markleski, My sister-in-law made the sauce, made the pasta sauce Sunday because I didn't feel like cooking. I had other things. I I prepared other things. And Marco was sitting at the head of the table just like Daddy used to. And um he looked at my sister in law and he said, I give you a ninety-seven. And I said, Whoa, Ma-. I said, Marco's grading now, he's grading Vicki, the <laughs> sister-in-law, you know? And he said, just like Jasper used to tell us, I'll never give you a hundred because then you have nothing to start, go, to work for. Right. So this way you could work on a few things. And she said, Really? I said, There's nothing to work on, Vicki. He's just playing with you. But can you imagine being graded
0: <laughs> yeah, on yeah. your dinner. Yeah.
2: Most people just throw the food right at you and say, I'm out of here, you know. So. Tastes good, it tastes good. But I I I I learned more than anything family and working with family mm-hmm. and it, sometimes it's not easy i work with my nephew and my brother and uh i mean long days
1: the 3j right and 3j and, 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 it's, uh, and what's your brother's name leonard uh, leonard that's
2: right and they run the daily operations while i'm out doing the interviews out doing the advertising doing the cooking shows and everything <laughs> but they're in the trenches some nights you know they could be that eight causes friction doesn't it sometimes no, not real they understand leonard's older leonard doesn't get behind the stoves so there's no friction there <laughs> Leonard runs the office, and, and and but he's back there expediting. And my nephew, he's putting the hours in that I put back in when I was thirty eight years old. I'm fifty six years old, and I told him there, and I said, Jay, man, I'm I'm a little tired. And he's Uncle Jay. I've worked for you now with you all these years. You've never said you retired. I said, Well, don't tell nobody. I said, You know, just <laughs> keep it just, we'll just keep between us. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 tough. You have to have a family that my father taught me to, to work with you. But when you and, talk
1: about family and your community and all the friends and everybody that was surrounded the restaurant at 75th and Mornell, sure. and then for your grandpa and your dad to sell that location and move to where you're at today, talk about, I mean, that had to have been just a really uh, tough struggle for the family to make that move. It was tough.
2: Uh, you know, Papa had already passed away and the restaurant really was Leonard, myself, and my dad. And we had Marco Polo's Italian market. We had the Trotteria, We had Il Cafe and we had Jaspers. And when Walgreens came around, I'll never forget. I was in Disney world and I got the phone call in 1996 from Leonard saying, Hey, we just got an offer for the business. That's Leonard. Are you serious? You're not going to sell this restaurant. There's no way in the world. First of all, there's no way they can match what our salaries were at the time. And the restaurant was already known as a mobile four star, triple a four diamond restaurant. I mean, back then people would fly in to have dinner at the restaurant, <laughs> and I mean it was pretty. We were on the map back then. Uh, such people as Mitzi Gaynor and Ed McMahon, anybody who came to town ate at Jasper. Sports figures, presidents. We had President Ford at the restaurant. Come on. So, long story short, a year went on and And My father, I'll tell you, my dad was a tough negotiator with uh, with Mister Walgreen. And he dealt with Mr. Walgreens himself because Walgreens wanted a specific corner in Kansas City, as you know. Yes. Now. Highly desired. Now it's not a big deal, though, right? Yeah. Okay. And they wanted 75th and Wornout because of, uh, because of CVS across the street. It wasn't CVS back then. It mm-hmm. was, a uh, it was, uh, a Osco.
1: Osco drug, yeah.
2: And it was like, you know, like a little war. Now it's between CVS and my dad put his price out there and would not budge one single bit. My dad got his price plus more and we paid employees while we were closed, which is unheard of until we can open a new restaurant. That's fair. And that's how we kept the employees. What year was that? That was nineteen ninety seven. Okay. And it took one year to build a new restaurant. I was against it. I'm gonna I'm gonna come around and tell you. Um no way in the world can we give up this fine dining restaurant, the chandeliers, the Murano Crystal, uh all the silverware, the fine china, the tuxedo waiters. My dad saw the future. I didn't. And I admit it right now to everyone I did not understand, why are we leaving this to go? And my dad said, because you're not out. You go on vacation once a year. You don't see what's going on around us. The restaurant's expanding and what they're doing in Kansas City. And my dad was the first one, really, to close a fine dining restaurant in Kansas City. Then it just kind of was a trickle-down effect in Kansas City with other restaurants finally closing the American, EBT, Savoy Grill, you know, the higher-end restaurants because people just weren't going to pay that money and dress up like that anymore. Mm -hmm. And we were criticized when we opened up on 75th Street. Let me tell you, the old timers came in and we didn't have the tuxedos on and we took the tablecloths off. And but we still had the Jasper's touch, and that's what I call it. We still had that that one thing that nobody else can really compete with us, and that was the family being there. And it's called myth. Mirabli in the house. And from the <laughs> time we open until the time we close, there's a mirably in the house. Whether it's my brother, my nephew, even if we had to call it my wife or my brother Sammy had a heart attack, there's always a mirabli in that restaurant.
1: Well, I know that uh, running a, running a restaurant, sometimes when you're sitting there as a, as a patron, you know, enjoying a fine meal and, and enjoying service and all that, you, you think, boy, it sure is easy to run a restaurant. Oh, sure. Uh, but you know, I know having worked, uh, catering for four years to help pay my way through college that it's anything but, uh, wonderful. Uh, and so talk about the backside of the restaurant, the back end that nobody sees.
2: I mean, it would be great to walk in every morning and see your Eight cooks all lined up, perfect in uniform. My four cashiers just lined up, and the walls are perfect, and and the dishwasher is just running just very, very quietly, and everybody's just walking around. That's a dream. Yeah. You know, is it ever going to happen? No. Do I want it to happen? No, because that's the challenge I have every day. You don't know what goes on behind the scenes at a restaurant. People, I take them for a tour, and they're just like, their eyes are wide open. They go, wow, I had no idea. You know, you have someone on, on the microphone constantly. And we don't do the new, the new way with guys with the little eye bobs in their ears and, uh, not eye bobs, what it was mm-hmm. called. Earp- uh, earbuds. Ear- earbuds. Yeah, earbuds, earbuds. Like earbuds, I got eye bobs yeah. in my glasses. And, uh, <laughs> we don't have, you know, all the computers and the fancy machines we do, but you still hand in a ticket to the, to place your order. Right. A person still orders that, uh, dish and that dish is checked before it leaves the kitchen. That's unheard of today. Mm-hmm. So we still do things the old fashioned way. What goes on now in the restaurant business still went on in 1954. The same thing, the way my father ran that restaurant in the kitchen, we do the same thing today.
0: Jess, we got about a minute 30 left in December. You mentioned uh, Sunday pasta and cooking. Oh, yeah. Uh, tell, you said tell, tell pasta. T- t- I love it. Come t- on. T- tell us what your favorite Italian dish is, if you had to choose uh, one.
2: Uh, rigatoni with mama's meatballs and sausage. I mean, of all the pasta dishes, the puttanesca, the matriciana, the clam sauce, all the, the Tuscan ragus, I still go back to the old Sunday sauce, I call it, mm-hmm. just slow simmered with the meatballs. Because Sunday morning, you wake up, you smell meatballs cooking. Mm. You come downstairs, you have fried meatballs. And then about 2, 3 o'clock, you have your pasta dish. Eight, 9 o'clock at night, we have fried pasta. And my daughter still, we talk about that because she's in Jacksonville now. And we still talk about frying pasta late at night in a little Tupperware, and you put it in the frying pan. That smell, you know, I think about all that, about going back in time, and I still, that same smell, that same sauce. When my nephew and I went to Sicily the last time, my nephew sits down. He takes a bite of the pasta dish. He looks at me. He says, Uncle Jay, it tastes just like home. Mm-hmm. I said, Jay, you are home. Here's where the recipes <laughs> came is, from. This, this is the is actual it. spot. And you get that feeling over it. And then you, when you could do that again and replicate that same dish, sometimes you can't do that with, with other things. I'm not talking about dishes, but in business. Mm-hmm. Pasta, it brings everybody together. Come on, you put it at the table. That's, I love it. That's my life.
0: Gosh, wish, wish we had that right now in front of oh, us. Oh, yeah, right? I feel yeah. guilty. I don't feel guilty I'm not that? You're going to rub that
2: in every segment, yeah, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: Now it's meatballs, cannoli's meatballs, Ooh. you know. Sounds delicious. Uh, thanks for listening to the Grill Nation show. We're going to be right back after the break with more with Brian Sarf, and we're going to have talk to Jasper more about his business and probably have some more fun questions here after the break. You're listening to Grill Nation. I got that sunshine in my pocket. got that good soul in my feet. I feel that happy
1: Day,
2: I'm
0: Welcome back to The Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us today on 980 AM and on iTunes. And if you're listening online at grillnationshow.com, we greatly appreciate it. We will post photos of our, our guests today and also you can connect with us on social media at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show on Twitter and look for me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, you name it. Just search for my name. Brian Sarf is with us. He's a contributor to the show and a guest host today. He uh, joins us each and every month and brings us some fascinating guests. Uh, he's the president and chief investment officer of True Wealth & Company. Their website is retirewithtrue.com. Got Jasper with us as well. Jasper's Restaurant, Jasper'sKC.com on the internet. Uh, Brian, you want to start us off here in this segment? I know we uh, have a lot more topics to get to, and uh, I'm just dreaming of cannolis right now. As I look oh, at your yeah. social media here, Jasper. I know,
1: isn't it? I was just thinking of the show this week. Uh, we're on, uh, you know, at four to five p.m. today, mm-hmm. and you know, when you're done listening to the show, probably a good idea to drive on over to Jasper's and have a little taste, have I a little like dinner, it a lot. huh? Oh, so are dear. there any like are there any off menu items that somebody could order or do you have like a secret menu off of to course. the side, you know?
2: And we talk about that a lot and I always tell my brother, I said, you know, we should put that menu out. He said, Yeah, add twenty more new items to the menu, you know. <laughs> but uh, people don't realize that for you know, being in business sixty five years, there's a lot of dishes that we've had we've taken off. The menu today just reflects probably the best seller. You know the veal dishes, the veal lemonada, and the and the baked lasagna, and and, and the uh, scampi livernese and dishes like that. But uh, people don't realize that when they come in puttanesca, the pasta, you know, with the with the harlot sauce, you know, the ladies of the night sauce, that is still available. A matriciana sauce is available with the prosciutto ham and pancetta and onions and tomatoes. The carbonara pasta. People lower that with, mm. which, uh, a lot stuff. of, a lot of people you know, pasta mm. with the bacon and eggs and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of veal dishes, like the old school veal piccata, when people come in and they say they want the old veal piccata from Jasper's on 75th Street, which was like a veal Lemonada on a bed of pasta and then melted cheese on top of that. So there's a lot of dishes, kind of like Starbucks has their secret menu. Sure. There's a secret menu at Jasper's, even at Marco Polo's Italian market up in the front. Uh, some of the dishes, like we get the, uh, Italian bread and you slice it. And you, uh, in and, and half, and you make, you put tomato sauce and, and, uh, pepperoni and cheese on it, and you bake it, and they call mm. it Mary's Pizza. Mm-hmm. And this little girl on 75th Street, before we had pizza back on the menu, she used to order that, and that was her little pizza. It was just like French bread pizza. Mm. So, uh, different sandwiches are still on the, uh, the menu now, but sandwiches with a different variation. Uh, at the old place, Italian sausages, there was one called a Philly with, uh, cheese, peppers, and onions instead of potatoes. And I mean, mm-hmm. we used to have, On 75th Street, we had the Marco Polo Italia Market with all these sandwiches and pizzas and pasta. You had Jaspers with about 48 items on the menu. You had Il Cafe, which before Starbucks, we're talking, with the real espresso and cappuccino and all those different drinks. So we're fortunate to have cooks today that are still with us from 75th Street. That's fantastic. People in Lawrence who grilled sausages on 75th Street, 39 years with the family. You take reservations at Jaspers? Oh, yeah. 816-941-6600 816-941-6600 or online at Jasper's KC <laughs> slash reservations. I threw that in there.
1: I throw, I love. I love the plug. Um, well, I throw that in there because so many restaurants today they they won't do call-ahead City. No. They won't take reservations. Ridiculous. They don't go the extra step for that. And so when you have a special occasion and you want to go out somewhere, the, the restaurants that are that will that will take a reservation are less and less. I, I don't know why the trend and, to go against that when it's so easy I know, to book it.
2: I know exactly why because they don't want to spend the time. Hiring people who work the door, who have to work the computer, who have to work the telephones. You call places today, they don't answer the phone, or it goes to a computer. If that ever happens at Jasper's, where a computer answers the phone, then there is a big problem. It's my a brother. problem. It really is. When you can't talk to a human being, yeah, and where you can't talk Came to someone, that. ask them about you know, ask them about the menu. My brother Leonard says all the time, can't they pick up the phone instead of just texting a res? I mean, uh, an online reservation, but. Yeah. Over sixty percent of the reservations come in online now. Oh yeah. So you gotta I mean, be ready for that. And we don't have open tables, we do our own system. You know, Moto Mio, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> My way. It's our own system. We uh you guys, have,
0: you guys have always done positive things and done a lot of things your own way and uh, you've received a lot of awards and accolades. We uh, have and, and which and one means the most to you? you I have, have to have
2: say Zagat top uh top ten Italian restaurant in North America. I mean that's that's tough. List. I mean restaurants in New York Chicago, L.A., Washington D.C., Florida, the Hill and, and St. Louis. The Hill, come on. Yeah, where I, I grew and up. And Tony's is right in that award, though. So, yeah. come on, how do you say you're the top? I mean, does how's that? How's that happen? East West Network, which is huge, top ten restaurant in North America. Just last week, Travel and Leisure, top eighteen Italian, a top eighteen restaurant in America. Mm. Man, to be included in those. Our Scampi Laverne's was just awarded one of the top. 15 iconic dishes in North America. Mm. It's been on the menu what, for what 65 is that? years. I, I know, that. We I know that. this is one of your favorites. It's, it's the dish. The name is is just the opposite of what it should be. Scampi a la Lebernaise is from Laverno, Italy, the recipe. In Laverno, they never, ever cook with cream. It's on the ocean. Tomatoes, olive oil, garlic, basil. Mm. That should be the recipe. My dad couldn't afford to change the menu back in 1954 when the recipe was put on the menu. It's shrimp with a cream sauce with a little sherry wine and spices. And it should be called Scampiale Pimentes. I have people today come in and say, We just got back from Laverno, Italy, and those people learn need to learn how to cook. That recipe is nothing <laughs> like the we weed here. And I say, Okay, let me tell you the <laughs> oh, recipe. We Americanized oh, yeah. <laughs> it. Let me tell you the mistake that my dad couldn't afford Ooh. to pay dollar to change the menu, so we just went with Lebernays.
1: That's that's fantastic. Hey, speaking of of food items and menu items. I was reading through it. I noticed that um, you had a sign or the, your, your grandfather had a sign for pizza. Oh, yeah. And I was reading through that, that only you and the Majestic served pizza right. in town. And it was an unknown concept. No, the, How can pizza be unknown in 54? Because That's, you must
2: remember, and that was the Lusco family who were very good friends of our family uh, back in the day. But um, here it is. They, people, they came back from the war and the guys came back and they wanted this pizza that they were fed. And people made pizza at home. They, you know, we, we do a pizza, uh, like that today, but it's, it's the old square, it's the type, but not a pizza like the pizzeria pizzas you see. Mm. And Lusco's opened up around the same mm. time my father did mm-hmm. and Casconi's, and we put it on the menu and it was a hit from the beginning because people mm. didn't know what they, you know, they didn't know what to expect.
1: You still have pizza on the menu today? Uh,
2: not on Jasper's side, on Marco Polo's side. We okay. Did. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. Jasper, um. Are you guys hungry? Yes. Oh man, I am to go. I was in Chicago this week and I had a nice little deep dish. Oh, come that's on. There good. you go. So uh, talk to us about social media and how that's impacted you because I know in the, in the competitive restaurant industry, social media is very important. You got to stay in touch with your customers and, uh, put out some fun stories every once in a while and share your accolades. You, you love it or you hate it. Now I love social media. I love Twitter. My daughter set me up on all of this,
2: uh, 10 years ago with, with Twitter account and, Facebook and uh and everything and now Instagram of course we love Instagram and and uh, and Snapchat and all that but um you know when the, when the internet first came around and it really bothered me and it still does some things where you can go to a site you could talk about a, a restaurant that you never visited I could be in Australia and review Jasper's restaurant right now on TripAdvisor and Yelp and give it the worst rating or the best rating in the world how how much do you rely on these things? Well, unfortunately as a restaurant tour, I have to, because I have customers every single night. Tell me we're just got, we just got in town. We went on Yelp and we were looking for the best Italian restaurant and yours came up. So unfortunately people believe in these things. Now you have true Yelpers, which are great. You have true people who follow chip advisor. And then you have, let's say an ex employee who wants to get you back. You know, you let Mm -hmm. them go or something Mm -hmm. like that. So, what there you to go. To do? That's a bad, a bad review.
1: review. So, how do you, so how do you deal with the negative reviews? Because every business eventually gets one or two or three.
2: You hope that customers read the 249 good reviews and skip that one review. Or you'll see there's one right now on, on TripAdvisor. There's three great ones for the past week, and one that says disappointed over the portion size of the tomato dinner. Now, we did a tomato dinner last month, six courses. I could not even finish them. I'm a big guy. <laughs> and they didn't think there was enough tomatoes in the dinner. So you look at some things and people know you look at me kind of, you just laugh and you go on to the next review. Portion um,
0: size. I, when you, you say your is y- this long, it's hard to get worked yeah, up about a tomato on. size. Yeah, right? yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your, your lasagna came
1: out. The dog on things like the size of the plate. It's a some slab, you see, know, but, but this,
2: this is true. You know, when people, people go on Twitter or they go on Instagram and, and they like to showcase something they ate. We love that. People say, can I take a picture? If a chef or a restaurant his ego is that big where he won't let them take pictures then he shouldn't be in business. I was at a place last week and had a big sign-up on the window. No photos. Are you stupid?
0: Seriously, <laughs> That's ridiculous. I mean, that's not the way of the world not, these days. And I hate
2: to say it, but here, I'm, an, I'm, I'm in the radio business just like you all, and I, I, I promote my restaurant through a radio show and all. But you know what? Someone's going to go on Instagram and promote your restaurant for free and get these influencers, which you know about influencers, sure. these young kids. I say kids because I'm 56 now and promote your restaurant and talk about it and find one dish like our tableside mozzarella.
0: we business. <laughs> speaking of young kids, we got a minute and a half left in this segment. Um, give us some lessons that you would tell to a person who's a young chef or who wants to open up a restaurant. What, what, what's your two cents that they should take away and the advice that you would give them?
2: Well, first of all, you do need culinary school. Yes, I, I'm fortunate I had culinary school and I got to work in a restaurant. But while you're in culinary school, you need to work for a restaurant and not a corporate restaurant. Go work for a family restaurant so you know how it is. And then when you get out of school, unless you want to open up a restaurant uh, and you're a chef, then I would work for a corporate hotel because you'll get experience not only in, in dining but also in management and large scale. But then for a restaurateur, someone who just says, hey, I got uh, $500,000 my dad gave me, I'm going to invest into a restaurant. You better think twice about that. Yes, uh, and there's other ways. You might want to call Brian, and he'd tell you. Yeah, not there's to do other that. ways to invest a restaurant now. Uh, <laughs> and look what the look what your uh, your return is, and and look at the failure rate of restaurants today. I mean, to be honest with you, it's a lot there's, of competition. N- in there's Kansas not a city. lot of Italian restaurants in Kansas City, but I would hate to open up an Italian restaurant in Kansas City. I would, because I mean, number one, everybody's a critic, but number two, people have their favorites. Kansas is a big city, but it's not as big as you think. Mm-hmm. So, uh I mean, we have a lot of followers and a lot of great things going on. But, you know, you're not as good as your last meal that you served that Saturday night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> and people remember that. And I always tell people that you can have all the schooling and everything, but if you don't know what's going on in the back of the house. If you don't watch that bottom line, you better get out of business.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. You're listening to Grill Nation. We'll be right back after the break for our final segment today. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, 9:80 a.m. I'm your host Jason Grill. I appreciate you sticking with us today. It's been a lot of fun talking to Jasper and uh, Brian Sarf is with me, guest, host, and contributor, at True Wealth and Company. Wow, Brian, let's let's lead off the next segment, last segment of the show. I'm uh, excited about some Italian talk here.
1: Oh yeah, this is uh, definitely starving. And uh, <laughs> when the show's over, not until the show's over, you go over, get your table at Jasper's. They will take your reservations. Come on over and uh, and hang out there. Um, so
2: J.J. Um, and I like you call me J.J. because people don't realize my friends, like Steve Bell, Steve Garrett, or whatever you want to call him, know me as J.J. And when customers walk in the front door and they say, Uh, we're friends of Jasper, my daughter and my <laughs> wife are working the door. Somebody says, oh, you are? Well, I'm mm-hmm. Jasper's daughter. I'm Jasper's wife. Nice to meet you. Yes. <laughs> uh, how are you? Yeah. Good day, <laughs> sir. Yeah. Um So any plans to open a second location? We've been asked that so many times. And, you know, about 10 years ago, Larry and I were offered a, uh, a restaurant in Las Vegas at a major hotel and we turned it down. And it wasn't because there's not enough employees or, uh, with our family or because I, you know, I just, I didn't want to leave my, uh, my wife and daughter at home and go to Vegas uh, because I, I lived out there, went to school out there. But, uh, it's because we believe if you're going to do something, you do it right. There's enough at this restaurant for three families. And I think the more you start expanding, you lose something. Mm-hmm. And I just know if I had another location, can't see people would come and say, "Well, we like the restaurant 130 a little better. The meatballs are a little bit different down there, or uh, the sauce tastes a little bit different at that location." And I mean, when I tell you we've turned down at least five offers a year to go to the casino here in town or to go to another location, and we'll build you to build this and that, and we'll do this and that to get you in there. Mm-hmm. Even a food truck. I mean, even putting our name on something. Yeah. Before we put our name on anything, it's got to go through the test.
1: Well, you do catering.
2: We do catering, and that's because we could still watch it out of my kitchen. We did a catering for 250 people the a other day of wedding, and I saw every different sauce that was going out in those containers. So I knew it's so from my end, it was checked before it went out.
1: So first time, if if I'm a first timer going to Jasper's. Uh what do I order? What uh, what should be on my uh, on my list? I think the start. can't say everything. You can't say old, everything. Yeah, can't well, say everything.
2: <laughs> I'd say something new, something old. I'm not talking about old food. I'm saying about old school dishes. Uh something new would be the lobster cappuccino. Come on, cappuccino lobster mm. has nothing to do with that. It's a lobster bisque served in a cappuccino cup with a foam on top. And I'm not talking one of these fancy foams. I'm talking about a whipped cream foam. Sweet and savory or the scampi a la levernaise, which we talked about already. Mm-hmm. The shrimp and the cream sauce. Dip your bread in the sauce. It's better than the shrimp itself. Definitely have a pasta dish. Now, which one? I'd have to try the Sunday sauce, the regular sauce, because you could judge a restaurant on their sauce. Mm -hmm. And then probably, and I never throw people's names around, some certain actors from Kansas City who grew up at Jasper's, uh, two very famous ones, bite over the chicken parmesan at Jasper's and say how great it is. I had it there, and I hadn't had it for many, many months. And, uh, boy, it's good. First time oh, I go to
1: an Italian restaurant, I always have spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, My wife on, laughs at taste me. The sauce, and I figure out. if they can't make spaghetti and meatballs, I'm not coming
2: back. It's a shame. I mean, you can't make meatballs, and you shouldn't be in business. People who buy these rubber meatballs from some other company come in frozen, get out of here. You shouldn't be in business if <laughs> you can't make meatballs for your restaurant. <laughs> I serve four or five hundred people a day. We make meatballs. If you gotta go buy them, then you know. Think about maybe think about another career. Maybe. Maybe another cuisine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jasper, Je- you eat Italian food 24-7, man? Or do, no, you, do no, you ever eat anything no, else? No,
2: If you follow me on social media, you're going I'm going to now. I'm going to say I calling. love other restaurants. Fried chicken's my favorite food in the world. I begged my wife to open up a fried chicken house. Just yesterday, we saw a little house and I said, look, that could be our retirement. <laughs> that is. little house, that could be our fried chicken <laughs> shack. You can make your fried chicken, mashed potatoes, coleslaw, <clears> and, uh, and gravy. And we can do little, uh, little donuts at the end. We, you know, that'd be our retirement. She said, that is not retirement. You're still thinking restaurant right Dude, now. That's, that's the entrepreneur yeah. in you. You're yeah, still exactly, thinking about it. You're exactly. still thinking about other ways to grow. I, I love Asian cuisine. I love mm. Indian cuisine. Mm. Uh, it just intrigues me to use all these different spices. In Italy, we have oregano, Italian basil, basil, we call it, uh, parsley, of course, a little tarragon, but we don't, you know, a rosemary, of course. Mm-hmm. But we don't mix all these different flavors to come up with a dish. We do four or five ingredients to make a whole dish.
1: So speaking of Italian chefs or or Indian chefs, my uh, partner uh, Cal Dolku, his dad Carnell Dolku, had the Taj Mahal restaurant just down from you all, and we were just talking before that he he knew your dad Leonard.
2: We used to yeah, uh, we used to do carry out from. He was the first one in Kansas City who had carry out boxes. You remember we used to. I'm I'm 56 years old. We had doggy bags. You took food (laughs) home in a bag. Imagine taking home uh, four different pastas in bags Mm -hmm. or these little cartons. He had these containers and I would go up the street because you get tired of Italian food. You no, know, I don't know how many uh, people are going to have to criticize me about that, but you want something different. And uh, I'd bring back this and he had a masala dish there. And I was telling him about this movie I had watched and uh, the hundred yard journey about this, uh, uh, this Indian chef who went across the street to the French restaurant and learned to, uh, to prepare, uh, French uh, cuisine and using these different spices. And I do the same thing, but. I really consider my job kind of easy, so I don't have that many ingredients to work with, but I can make 100 different dishes out of, you know, one dish, mm-hmm. uh, four or five ingredients. Well, I
1: love the, the, the lunchtime when Carnell pops through the front door with, he'll just show up with food for us to eat exactly.
2: that he made at the house. Oh, it's so oh, awesome. Oh, my God. It reminds me of Tasso. <clears> Tasso <throat> yeah, oh, yes. shows up at yeah. Jasper's with pans of Greek chicken <laughs> for us uh, and all the side dishes. Oh, my God.
0: Jasper, what is uh, you've had a lot of success over the years in your family. What, what would you attribute as the top? maybe one or two things to that success and why it happened here uh, in Kansas city. And, and, and following up on that Kansas city, well, what's your favorite thing about, about well, being here and owning a business? Kansas city, because the people here are loyal.
2: They really are. And they love to come to our restaurant and bring their friends in. And kind of like, if you remember, think about cheers or think about olive Garden, you know, cheers had this, this saying, you know, it's, you know, when you're, when olive Garden had the saying, when you're here, you're family Yeah, and cheers, everybody knows your name. Yep. And that's true. Olive Garden stole that. They shouldn't have that for a corporate restaurant. I'm sorry. I hope they're not one of your sponsors. <laughs> they're not. Know. They're not. But but, uh, but seriously, we don't have any unlimited but, breadsticks but, in here. Yeah, exactly. But when you're but when you're here and you come in my restaurant, we want you to feel at home because we live here. I spend 15 hours a day here. That means I spend nine hours at home or somewhere else. You know, come on. So this is my family. You come here and you're an experience with my family. Once you're in my home. And what do I do? I'm a feeder. I feed people. Not today. I know, guys. I forgot the food. I mean, I'm, oh, I'm never gonna get over this on my, my own head. But, but seriously, and Kansas City loves us, and then we're we're so fortunate. So who are they one have, of the
1: who are one of the up and coming chefs uh, in town that the people should be aware of?
2: Uh, I'll tell you what. A couple of restaurants. Joe West. I've mm-hmm. al- I've had my eye on Joe since he was at Broadmoor. He's now uh, Broadmoor School. He's now at the Savoy Grill. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, not up and coming. Because he's my age, he's a little older I mean, I'm going to put that right out there. Michael Smith, mm-hmm. what he's doing, and he's going to open up an Italian restaurant. Farina, I cannot wait. People say, are you crazy? You're promoting another Italian restaurant. You're promoting a nice chef. Why not? I love donuts. I know four or five guys doing donuts right now mm-hmm. here in Kansas City. And, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. We went it's, to the New
1: Hertz Donuts yeah, with my there. daughter the other day. Uh, just We went Saturday night. I picked her up at 11 o'clock. Get uh, out of here. And we went down there. We went, we went down what there and left at like are 1230. There? 11 to 1230. No way yeah, it no was world. like it was like a, almost an hour and ten minute wait to get through the line.
2: So we didn't we go such Saturday we didn't go Saturday night because they were too busy. So we went back because we drove by. Oh, so good. And I said it's just too much. So we went back Sunday morning at six thirty in the morning and we mm-hmm. had donuts. Yeah, so funny. But you know, people like people who open up a little restaurant. Uh, the guy's got a little pokey place down uh, by oh, the river market. Yes, I've heard good. You things. know, you watch people like that and what they're doing, these guys can go far, but there's a lot of young chefs in Kansas City, Ryan Brazil over at uh over at Novel. Hmm, great know, spot. These guys yeah, these guys are up and coming. So. Watch out for some of these chefs who are working for other restaurants right now who will be opening up a restaurant. I'm not going to give any names Je- but they leaving anybody. So. Jess
0: Morably, we we've, we've had a great time with you on sure, the show. We definitely have Aww, to go try there. it out. You've done a great job, Brian Tarf. Thanks for setting up the show and partnering up with me. Yes, Grill Nation show Retire with True. Dot com, and also check out JaspersKC.com. And uh, Jasper is very active on social media, so check that out as well. You've been listening to Grill Nation. We'll see you again next week, and uh, make sure you stop by Jaspers. Have a good one. Take care.